Pizza City is brought to you by Fontanini brand sausages, pepperoni, and meatballs. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Mr. Pizza Guy. I was just waiting for my guy to drop off the sausage order. You know, last time I had to call him back because they didn't give me the right stuff. It was those slices like they have on the East Coast. Not enough fennel. I can't run my pizza joint that way. I don't blame you. Have you heard of Fontanini? You mean Angie's cousin? No, Fontanini brand. They make Chicago-style sausage and quite a bit more. Straight from Luca, Italy to Chicago. The family's been creating homemade meatballs, pizza toppings, and specialty sausages for generations. But I've been buying from the Scangili family for years. They sell me that big name brand with the celebrity endorser my wife thinks is cute. Tony, come on. Fontanini only puts their name on products made with careful thought and zero compromise. They use whole muscle cuts, not trim, which results in great texture. They produce in smaller batches, too, and they use freshly ground spices. Sounds good to me. You know better than anyone, Mr. Pizza Guy. I serve my customers only the best tavern-style pies in town, or my name ain't Tony Jardinera. It's great stuff. I've had the meatballs and the chicken sausage, as well as the Italian. i got to tell you, it's outstanding. Whether you're interested in trying Fontanini sliced sausage, raw bulk sausage like we use in Chicago, meatballs, shaved pepperoni, or anything from their product lineup. Our listeners can request a free sample at fontanini.com slash pizza city or go to at fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. But I did something a little different here, the way I made my sauce and stuff. So I uh, basically, I reduced the liquid that I opened the clams up in. We always use fresh clams from Florida. And then I reduce the sauce down almost all the way, and then I add cream and reduce that by half. So it takes very oceanic, the sauce. So um, we just want it to be clam, clam, knock you over the head with clams. <laughs> Pizza on the beach in Florida's panhandle? When the staff is trained by a veteran of Keste in New York, and the chef partner is a veteran of Jean-Georges and Marlowe and Sons, why not? A legendary restaurant in Seaside, Florida, opens a Neapolitan-style pizza bar, and the tourists go wild. The story of Bud and Alley's Pizza Bar, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us uh, for a Southern edition of Pizza City this week. We are continuing uh, from my little sojourn down to the panhandle and back. Um, as you know, we had a, a series of three shows in a row from Nashville. But I wanted to include one from Seaside, Florida. Now, we were staying uh, in Santa Rosa Beach uh, in the Panhandle, and this little bucolic town of Seaside, which, by the way, was the, where they shot the movie uh, The Truman Show, this planned community, uh, which just celebrated its 40th anniversary recently. Um, they've got a lot of tourist tchotchke shops. They've got a beautiful little uh, sort of green area. They have a farmer's market on the weekends. 
Um, and there's a legendary restaurant there right on the beach called Bud and Alley's. Been there for over 30 years. Well, several years ago, the owner, Dave Roshkolb, owned, uh, opened a place called the Pizza Bar. Um, and he wanted to do it the right way. And he got some expert uh, opinions and he got some advice from his architect. Uh, they did a trip to Italy. You're going to hear about that today and where the inspiration came from. But they hired a pro from New York uh, to really help them develop this pizza crust and develop the dough. And then the other sort of feather in his cap is Philip McDonald, who I had met while I was down there. I was doing a little feature for my YouTube channel about this place called Black Bear Bread Company, this fantastic bakery near Grayton Beach. Um, and he is a veteran of Jean George in New York, as well as Marlowe and Sons, two really well-respected restaurants. He got his own starter going, uh, all-natural fermentation, and he was the guy that uh, Dave leaned on to help implement the menu over at this pizza bar. So Philip McDonald, this guy with all this great experience, he's a native of the area, comes back home and uh, helps open these places. They're going to open another Black Bear Bread, by the way, soon in Seaside. Uh, but if you're down in this area, you know, it's, it's kind of midway between Destin and Panama City. So if you're driving down to that area, I would say certainly go out of your way, get off the main road, head toward the beach, and, and get into Seaside, one, because it's just a beautiful little town to walk around, and two, because of the pizza. So this week I sat down with both uh, the owner, Dave, uh, and the executive chef, uh, Phil, of Bud and Alley's Pizza Bar. And I started with Dave, the owner. We began as we begin all of our shows by asking him about his first pizza memory. It ain't pretty. Well, my first pizza memory was probably, uh, I wouldn't even say traditional, it was Chef Boyardee pizza, you know. It's usually uh, a sexy pizza like that, yeah. Yeah, that was the first, actually my first cooking experience as well, uh, you know, as a, as a like, nine or ten-year-old. What part of the country would that have been in? Well, my father was in the military, uh, you know, World War II, Vietnam, and Korea, so we moved a lot. Uh, but uh, at that time, I was living in Colorado Springs, uh, and then we moved to Fort Walton Beach in 1972. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was right around that transition period. I know people listening to this show are going to ask, what the hell are you doing on the panhandle or in the panhandle talking about pizza? It's not necessarily known for pizza over here. We're kind of in L.A., lower Alabama. Um, and yet you guys, you've carved out a niche or you've created a pizzeria. What was the pizza scene, if there even was one, like before you got here? Well, there wasn't. Uh, with the exception of Bruno's Pizza, which they do great pizza locally, uh, but, uh, but no one was doing Naples-style wood-fired pizza. Uh, and of course, uh, if, any, if you've ever heard of Seaside, Florida, you know, it's a, it's a very beautiful, well, it's a planned new urbanist community. And, uh, and I opened my first restaurant here 35 years ago, Bud and Alley's, and that's a, a casual uh, seafood restaurant on the beach. So uh, prior to that, I opened Taco Bar. Uh, there was no Mexican food in, in Walton County at that time. That was about 15 years ago. Uh, and I felt like one of the slots that needed to be filled was Naples-style wood-fired pizza. So as you, as you go up and down the beach here, Lots of pizzerias are probably, I'm guessing, more New York style or, or giant slices you get and you fold them and you're not really thinking about the quality. With Neapolitan, as you know, requires a bit more technique and more skill. Um, was that daunting at all to figure out, like, how am I going to get a pizzaiolo who knows what he's doing? And how am I going to get, you know, the right oven and the right olive oil and the right flour here? We decided to do a trip to Rome and Naples. 
uh, prior to opening Pizza Bar. Two very different pizza scenes, by the way. Rome yes. likes the crispy, Neapolitan is a softer pizza. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we did focus on Naples. I wanted an authentic Naples-style pizza bar here, you know, and uh, and, and you so, were going to like Damichele and all like the classic, the Sorbillo and the, the classic places there to kind of get a sense for it. Exactly, uh, and we went to Ischia, which is an island off of Naples, uh, which was a big part of the inspirational uh, uh, design part of that trip as well. Uh, we went to a uh, monks, oh, a monastery, <laughs> yeah, a monastery. I'm missing that word. Uh, on an outcropping in Ischia, and that's where the where the real restaurant that we saw that captured you know what Pizza Bar eventually became, and the space that we're in, it's like an open air space out here on the beach, uh, it, that truly you know captured the interior feel, of course, and then you know the pizzas that we ate there were just off the charts and fantastic. So anyway, fast forward to coming back here, I had done some research and found out that uh, Roberto Caparuccio, who's kind of the Pied Piper of Naples-style wood-fired pizza, uh, he has two restaurants in, uh, in Manhattan, uh, Casque and Don Antonio, and uh, I was able to get him to come here and teach our guys how to make pizza. That sounds like a great coup. Yes, and he's been here twice actually, and uh, after after this COVID thing is over, I'm trying to coax him back, but it's not hard to coax him back here because he absolutely loves the place. I was gonna say, when you want somebody to come here, it's really not a hard sell just because you've got the Gulf here and you're on the water and it's gorgeous. Yes, I mean, it's, it's absolutely a beautiful place. And, you know, we've been very fortunate to, you know, be able to uh, be on the forefront, bringing all kinds of wonderful food to Seaside and uh, in Northwest Florida. And of course, you know, we opened Bud and Alley 35 years ago, so we got to be in the pioneer phase. And again, I'd say fill slots, but basically, you know, uh, introduce great new foods to the area. Uh, I wanted it to be completely authentic, right? So that meant no pepperoni. Uh, and for the first five years at Pizza Bar, we had no pepperoni. And, and the customers, here wanted pepperoni so bad and they would get mad. I mean, we, we, we had alternatives, uh, but, uh, but still they, they were not happy till we finally added pepperoni. It's been great to be able to introduce uh, wood-fired Naples pizza to Northwest Florida or uh, lower Alabama, as you say. <laughs> when, you, when you get a guy like that to come here for a couple of days, um, are you just taking copious notes? Is he saying, okay, we need to get this kind of oven shipped in. You need to do this kind of yeah, caputo we already, flour. Yeah, we already have the oven. Uh, you know, we're, we're using the right flour. We're using San Marzano, San Marzano tomatoes. And he's, you know, when, when Roberto comes, he, he's right there in the kitchen with, with everybody with his broken English and he does well. And, uh, and he's so good with everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I attribute a lot of the authentic uh, pizza that we're serving here to, to his influence. One of the questions I had as I was just kind of walking around here in, in the late morning is the humidity or the it's like a it's moist air it seems like right and things don't dry as easily it's not a dry heat um, does that affect if you're keeping I know you probably do a, like a, a cold ferment you know in the refrigerator with the dough but if the dough is sitting out even in the kitchen for a couple hours have you noticed does that affect or did he notice that there's an effect there? Well, it's not the Mediterranean. It's not. It's not super dry, and it does have an effect. And uh, and I don't make the pizza, uh, but uh, but they'll be able to tell you that uh, that they have to make adjustments. 
I think in any environment, anybody making pizza has to make adjustments. And then the other adjustment I want to ask you about, going back to what the customers wanted. You know, you say you want to do it authentic, that means no pepperoni, they want pepperoni. And I'm sure the business owners listening to this have, you know, nodding their heads, like they've wanted to do something in the business plan, and that was the original intent. And then you see what your customers start to want. I mean, I can tell there's a lot of families here, a lot of little kids around. Um, you have to capitulate at some point, right? You can't just stick to what you wanted to do at the beginning. Well, you know, part of the restaurant business, a big part of it is, uh, you know, you want to make your customers happy. And, uh, and you don't want to certainly make them unhappy. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I don't, I guess I hate to say it, but, you know, one of our most popular pizzas is a pepperoni pizza. But, uh, but, but we're... Did you tell Roberto that? But we're, yeah. <laughs> I, he, he would be okay with it. He, he understands, I'm sure. But, uh, but we make our own sausage in-house. A lot of our ingredients we make in-house, our mozzarella. You know, he taught us how to do the mozzarella. Listen, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna go back in the kitchen. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the pizza specifically in more detail. He talked about he make the mozzarella, they make the sausage here. Um, we're also gonna preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Well, the torch has been passed here to Philip McDonald. He is the executive chef here back in the kitchen at the pizza bar. Funny enough, we met a couple days ago because I was down here doing some other content for my YouTube channel, and I went to Black Bear Bread Company, which is a fantastic bakery, and found out that Philip is a native of the area but had worked in New York at Jean George at Columbus Circle and Marlowe and & Sons. And so now you're making pizza. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been with Pizza Bar now going on six years. Uh, pizza is a passion of mine. Um, it's just something that's so simple yet so amazingly delicious and satisfying. Since you lived in New York for a while, did you have any favorites while you were there? I did. So Keste uh, uh, in the West Village is a favorite. Um, I love uh, Motorino. Um, Both and Neapolitan styles in that wood-burning right. oven. And Lucali is probably my favorite. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and, and uh, Defara. Oh, Defara. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, so we got the story in the last segment kind of about how this pizza came to be. Got a consultant uh, Italian guy come and help you guys with the oven and, and getting the recipe set up. But tell me about the day-to-day -day here. What are you, are you working with Caputo flour? Is it traditional yeah. Neapolitan? Yeah, so we work with uh, type 00 flour, uh, Caputo, um, and we use San Marzano tomatoes for our tomatoes. But uh, yeah, we make the dough in the traditional Neapolitan uh, structure. And are you doing like a 24-hour overnight cold yeah, ferment? Yeah, overnight cold ferment, bulk yeah. ferment, and then we shape the next day. That's interesting because down the road and actually across the street pretty soon you're going to have a Black Bear uh, bread company right. and you're doing all natural fermentation with your starter, but you didn't want to go that route here, right? Not yet, no, because we like the, with the what the fresh yeast does for our dough here. It's, just, it's wonderful and we've been doing it now for seven, eight years here. So I think it's time to just, it's just keeping things consistent. You got two ovens, yeah. it looks like, up here, yes. right? Yes, it's about 500 pizzas a day in the summer. That's a lot of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything special about the oven as a manufacturer, or did you guys have it, like, built it yourself? Uh, this, this is Woodstone. Uh, it's a Woodstone oven. Um, that oven, uh, yeah, and that's their largest model they make. And then this is also a Woodstone as well. Uh, this Woodstone, this look, is, it, is it wood and gas assist? Uh, it's, a, it's a gas assist only on the plate. There's no gas assist inside, so everything that we have to do is uh, wood-fired. It's We have to start a fire in it every morning. You guys get, like, white oak in this area? Yes, red and white oak. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, tell me about um, once you've let it rest overnight. You, I mean, you got the beautiful marble counter here. Yes, we have the clear marble counters here. That's we find that to be the best uh, surface. Um, are you are you careful about even sourcing things like the olive oil? We're not too. I mean, we just look for good quality. It's not that it has to be from a particular place. You guys are making the mozz? Yes, we make our mozzarella curd. We buy the curd from Bellagioso and we make it ourselves. Is that more difficult? Is it is it difficult in any of these respects in terms of training staff? Because this is an area I would think is very you know, seasonal, a lot yeah. of tourists. Hard transient. to get people, yeah, it's transient. Hard mm -hmm. to get people like to really commit to being staff full time for a long time throughout the year. Is it difficult to train them on things like making the mozz? Um, yes and no. I mean, so what we do is we try to hire one or two people just to do that dough and mozzarella so over time they get they become experts at it and so then we just have them train new people and so we always have this you know uh, we make it scalable and so the mozz is a really simple technique it's just it gets better over time kind of like making biscuits or dough it's like you do it once yeah it's okay you do it for five years it's going to be transcendent so i came here the first second day i was in town i had the sausage which was great because it was crumbled sausage which i love in the mm -hmm. midwest um and quite a bit of fennel. And then I came the other night and I had a clam pie reminding me of kind of New Haven. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was my take on, I used to live in uh, Brooklyn. Um, I went to another place called, another pizza place I love called Franny's and they had a really good clam pie. And, Remember the uh, one at Pasquale Jones, by the way? Uh-uh. Oh, that's a great clam yeah, pie. Yeah, that, that one's good, pie. okay. But Franny's was famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I loved it there, but I did something a little different here, the way I made my sauce and stuff. So I, I basically, I reduced the liquid that I opened the clams up in. We always use fresh clams from Florida. And then I reduced the sauce down almost all the way. And then I add cream and reduce that by half. So it takes very oceanic, the sauce. So um, we just want it to be clam, clam, knock you over the head with clams. <laughs> you want to make a pie? Sure, absolutely. Let's do it. Any, uh, any ingredients that you've gone to great lengths to source for, for this pizzeria? Great lengths to source. Um, actually, no, the only lengths we go to are local, like all of our, like the sausage you had on the sausage pizza. That's from a local farm. All of, it's all heritage pork. Um, we only work with local farmers. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's what I consider going above and beyond. And so dough into the flour, quite a bit of flour? Not too much. I don't like to use too much. So right here, I'll kind of knock a lot of it off. But and you're being careful. You want to preserve that cornichon a little yeah. bit? Yep, we want the cornichon uh, for sure. So I just kind of start there and I just pull. Quarter turn pull, quarter turn pull. A lot of that flour's been knocked off already. You learned this technique in New York or down here? I learned it from Roberto Capruccio, who uh, owns Keste and Don Antonio in New York City. He also, he also used to make buffalo mozzarella in Naples. Cheese maker as well. Okay, Keste is a great place. It's actually that's a nice little area because you got Joe's for a slice, yeah. and you've also got the uh, John's on Bleecker, I believe, right over yes. there. Yeah. yeah, that's right. West Village, yeah, very nice place. So as you can see, there's not a whole lot of flour on this, and we don't want a whole lot of flour on this because we don't want it to burn. Beautiful red, vibrant San Marzanos. Yeah. We just crush these with salt. That's it. And it looks like about a 12-inch diameter. Yep. Just added the mozzarella. These are nice little sort of square cubes. Yeah, these are cubes, yeah. We just kind of keep it cut and... You hit it with olive oil before or no? Uh, after. Oh, after, okay. So onto his metal peel here. Ooh, a little rusty. There we go. So get it over here. Stretch, stretch it. it. Yeah, try not to, I try not to handle the crown. 
uh, on the back? Back right. Okay. Beautiful technique. Now it looks like the hearth set point is 669 Fahrenheit. The hearth mm -hmm. temperature is 624. So you're going to bake it a little longer than uh, yeah, 90 seconds. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, so what we're having a problem with uh, earlier was we had some wet wood. And so that's living in Florida, that's uh, unfortunately a problem. Uh, so it's still pretty early in the day. By probably after lunch, it'll be all set at the right temperature. That is such an interesting factor. I never yeah. even thought about that because it has been hard in the mornings. It's so damp here. Yeah. Nothing really dries outside. Right. And so you got to let the wood sit here in the kitchen for a bit. Typically, oh. we'll bring it in and see. We keep it in this cart down here, or you know, we know if it's going to rain, we're going to bring in a bunch of wood from the night before and just keep it in here. Notice there's, so there's wood also lined around the perimeter of the inside that's, of that to dry that's out. That's the wet wood we're drying out. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's a sandbag the wood. That's a Florida thing. Wow. Yeah. Is that all over the state or just as well, part of the state? you know, just, it could be. It's just, and we're also right on the beach. So there's a lot of uh, humidity from the salt air too that has a, plays a big role in our dough, our wood, everything. So something to think about if you're going to mm -hmm. open a pizzeria near the beach or near the water, you really got to yeah. think about that dampness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starting to get the leopard spotting now I can see on the side closest to me yeah. and the cheese is definitely bubbling but you want to make sure you're cooking all of those sides. Yep, you're going to turn it around a little bit. Keep it and on the same spot. And the you know, hearth, it looks like it's got some cracks but that's typical. Yes, yeah, there's the big crack and they were actually going to get fixed. Um, but yeah, it's just from, this, this oven is about 10 years old I believe. Or eight, nine years old. So you're going to dome it, you're going to lift it up uh, toward the middle of the oven there just to kind of seal it, sear it. Um, his, his undercarriage looks pretty well cooked. Yeah, it's looking good. Pull it out and see what that looks like. Yeah, it looks pretty. pretty. nice. Check the bottom. Bottoms look good. I'm going to probably put that bottom in there for just like two seconds. And you um, set it on a cooling rack. That's nice. Yeah, okay. so I like to do this first so the humidity doesn't make the the pizza too soft on the bottom. Yeah. So that the undercarriage is nice right here. It's Anybody ever ask for it uncut if they're getting it to go? You know, um, no. They should. Uh, they should, you're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we cut it in fours and that's ready to go. That's delicious, first of all. Now, I know you were saying you, you want to see a little more leopard spotting. Mm -hmm. I like the char spots on mm -hmm. there as well. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about this, um, because it was in there for more than 90 seconds, mm -hmm. it's not so wet and soupy in the middle. Mm -hmm. I don't need a knife and fork. I could actually pick up a slice and mm -hmm. fold it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the oven's a little lower temperature, so it does have a longer cook time. It's a uh, crispier undercarriage, if you will. That's what we call it around here. But so, yeah, so I'm glad that uh, you like it. And uh, that's a trend, though. Yeah. That's a, you know, the, these guys like Pisana in LA, mm -hmm. you know, Robert's Pizza Company, 650 to 700 degrees, three minutes and change. Mm -hmm. You get a more of an even bake, don't you think? That's, I mean, and certainly North Americans like to be able to pick up a piece of pizza sure. as opposed to knife and forking sure. it. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that concept. I, I actually love when we are in the, 750 to 850 range that's my favorite um so when it starts getting really busy though the thousand degrees helps because we've got about five in there at a time and it's really helpful the to, oven drops yeah the, the oven drops. drops i mean we try to make sure our dough's tempt we don't try to pull dough straight out of the walk-in and, and so every morning like on this in the summer when we're doing a lot of business i mean you'll see dough stacked to the ceiling in here get ready for the days 
taste bag. I just love how this flavor combination works, and it just it reminds me of eating a, a great Neapolitan really anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I like being able to pick it up and not having to do the knife and fork. Uh, we were just saying that you can't get this to go. People, I know you're gonna you know on the beach and you want to go bike somewhere, mm -hmm. but you, know, you you make a pizza, it sits around, you're waiting for people to pick it up. You should eat this pizza within a couple of minutes of it coming out of the oven, right? Absolutely, on a plate, out of the oven, with a delicious Sangiovese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying the clam pie in just a minute. All the guests in the show, we asked the same question at the end. Knowing what you know now about making pizzas, and you're probably six, seven years in at least doing it as kind of a, a vocation, what would you tell your younger self before you guys opened this here in Seaside about how to be successful making pizzas? Dry wood is one, but the, I think the most important thing is really paying attention to your dough and paying attention to everything around you with nuances in regards to weather and, and how much yeast to add and take away. And, uh, you know, that, that's really been the thing is just the dough, getting it right. And I think I, I underestimated a lot of that going into it. And just how many different nuances. It's, it's something so simple has so many nuances. Because you figure you're a trained chef who's worked mm. in some great restaurants, right. but pizza's not going to be that hard, but yeah. it actually it might be a That's little right. harder than you think. That's right. If you have wet wood, it could be a struggle for you that day. If your dough's not pulled out of the walk-in in time and it's still ice cold, your oven's going to drop temperature. Those are the things that nobody tells you about that you learn by trial by fire. Great advice. Yeah. The, the restaurant, again, the pizzeria is called Pizza Bar at Button Alley's, correct? Button, yeah, Button Alley's Pizza Bar in beautiful downtown Seaside. Come see him. Yeah. Phil, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, coming up in two weeks, a trip to Long Island, or do they say Long Island, to learn more about the grandma-style pies that have become so well-known throughout the New York City metro area. I finally get to Umberto's. That's in two weeks on April 16th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend and rate us. Would love to know what you think about the show. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song and just to remind everybody stay safe please keep ordering pizzas keep your favorites afloat during this difficult time thanks for listening everybody and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always <laughs>